Jack Chris here with Now See Here. I'd like to take this opportunity to thank our many underwriters and sponsors. We uh, could not do the program without you. We want to welcome Joe T's Wine and Spirits in Ridgeland, Mr. Brent Bailey, who is running for Public Service Commissioner, Merit Media, SettleMyCase.com, Mazda of Jackson, Dr. Michael Sanders, Face Value Health, Danny Bedwell for Mississippi State Senate District 17, Oxford Lafayette County Chamber of Commerce and Economic Development Foundation, the Carson Law Group, JH&H Architects, Bank First, Benchmark Construction, Farm Bureau Life Insurance, and Hometown Lenders of Mississippi. Thank you so much for your support, and if you'd like to learn how to support Now See Here, the podcast, email me, C-R-I-S-S, Chris Public Relations at gmail.com. Thank you again so much. Hello, everyone. Jack Chris here. This is the Now See Here podcast available on anchor.fm slash now see here and also your favorite media platform like Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Sketcher. Is it Stretcher or Sketcher, Roddy? Stitcher. Stitcher. Okay, I had a little senior moment there. We are very pleased to have in the studio with us actually for the second time. Uh, but this time on a more official basis, Mr. Brent Bailey. Brent is running for public service commissioner. And Brent, this is a statewide uh, area, is it not, or a certain district? No, sir. This it's is a 22-county region, a center part of Mississippi. So there's three public service commissioners that represent the consumers, north, central, southern. I'm running for the central district, covers 22 counties, starts to three counties, Knoxabee, Kemper, Meridian, comes across I-20, hits the metro area, goes all the way up to Bolivar County, comes back down the river to Jefferson County, and all those in between. You know, I tell people I don't do research. I think I knew that, but I was just, again, that senior moment, talking off the bat. Some people may not know. No, you're you're absolutely right. A a lot of folks think it is a statewide office. Um, I I think, luckily, it's not. I don't know if I would have the patience or the hair or or certainly not the (laughs) The uh, funds (laughs) to, to cover statewide like these guys have been doing for the last several months, but... Uh, you know, from one side of the district to the other, from um, Bolivar County all the way to Lauderdale, over to Jefferson, that's a lot of territory, a lot of ground to cover. Cleveland, Mississippi area, yes, the Delta. I, I lived in Cleveland and worked with Scott Coopwood for a while up there. And, and Brent, welcome to the show. I, well, I appreciate it. it. Thank you. Now I see really, here. Uh, it's quite an honor to be here and, and discuss these things that are important to, to you, your listeners, and the folks here in the Central District. You know, I'll, I'll tell you a personal story. I keep up with politics, of course, not as much as I used to, especially local politics. But I went in to see our, our mutual friend, Dr. Mike Sanders, had right. to pick up a prescription. And I saw he had Brent Bailey flyers, and, which was unlike him. Yeah. You know, and I said, well, tell me about this guy. He said, oh, I, I grew up with him, went to high school with him. He's a great guy. And, you know, there's some people you trust enough and admire enough that if they like you, that's all that needs to be said. Uh, and that's how I came across you. And then I did some research and talked to other people. And, and it sounds like you've got just a, a great reputation. You re- won your first uh, uh, primary. We did. And, and let me start at the beginning, as they say, mm-hmm. because we just answered one question that people may have had on their minds. You know, do you cover the state? What district? What does a public service commissioner actually do? Yeah, so the public service commission, that's uh, probably... The most asked question I get, I'd rather yeah. spend more time telling folks, as you said, about me and my qualifications, but if you don't understand the position, the job, or what it entails, then you know that's something you need to spend time on to ensure that your voter is educated and aware of what exactly 
you know, the services that agency provides in that position. So the Public Service Commission, in, in just a, a very brief overview, they, for the most part, regulate the utilities here in the state of Mississippi. Uh, but think more about your, your for-profit utilities, uh, electric, natural gas, water, sewer, and telephone uh, systems. They also oversee the no-call list. Um, and perform some other duties as well. Can I back up? When you say yeah. the, the private, you're talking about Atmos, Centerpoint, right. people right. like that. And then uh, with the public utilities, Entergy, uh, right. what, Mississippi Power. Mississippi Power. Yeah, right. Yeah, so electric, for the most part, they directly regulate your Entergy, Mississippi Power, uh, natural gas, Atmos, Centerpoint, Spire. Um, and then there are still private water, sewer, and telephone companies around the state that they directly regulate. And then they indirectly um, work with and regulate certain aspects of the rural electric cooperatives, um, nonprofit utilities, uh, certainly assist the, the municip municipalities in certain ways, but they do not r directly rate regulate those segments of the utility base. Well, I've just uh, probably miffed uh, all of my libertarian audience when they heard the word regulate. Mm -hmm. But the fact is, it's a position, it's not going to go away. It is. A and it, it, there's going to be regulation. Uh, so let me, before we go into yeah. what that regulation entails mm -hmm. and what you do and do not have control over, mm -hmm. uh, what, what, led you to seek this office and what is in your background yeah. uh, that voters would want to know and that you believe makes you a better candidate or qualified to do this yeah, job. So, so kind of, you know, don't, don't know how far you want to go back in time. Go. Brent we Bailey got time. Is and other, you know, as, as uh, you mentioned, um, you know, Michael Sanders, Dr. Michael Sanders down the street here, you ran into, you, uh, that's how you came across my name in his office. So right. I'm originally from Carthage, Mississippi. Um, graduated from there and went to Mississippi State, or, or I'm sorry, went to East Central Community College first in Decatur, and then on to Mississippi State. At each of those, I, I played football at, at both locations. Long snapper, I long think. Long snapper yeah, at yeah. the time, yep, and uh, was on academic and athletic scholarship, and uh, really enjoyed it, and, and took advantage and got a degree in, in um, agricultural biological engineering. And so I have that, that background there. Did a little engineering work here in Jackson for about four or five years, and then went on to the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation, where I was really sort of their liaison on the agencies, state and federal, and represent the interests of farmers, ranchers, and farmers when it came to regulatory issues. Did you sure. work under Joey Strobel, or who was head of? Um, so Farm Bureau Federation, the Federation farm side is, of Farm Bureau. Right, so yep. Joey wasn't over there. That's right. Yeah, he was the insurance guy. Um, so under President David Wade at the time. Right, David Wade. And yeah. so, um, you know, as producers had issues they needed to dealt, be dealt with regulatory-wise, whether it's, uh, you know, pesticide issues, water quality issues, manure management, you just think all the things that entail ag and forestry, we were there to represent and be their voice and ensure they were not being adversely impacted. And you think about some of the price spikes we had back in the mid 2000s, yep. early, early mid 2000s, when natural gas really got up high, um, and it put a strain on uh, certain sectors of agriculture. Really, all sectors at the time. When you think about the heat needed for production of livestock animals, the the price, the, the impacts it had on um, natural gas, and thus inorganic fertilizers, mm -hmm. grain drying, all those types of things. And our membership at Farm Bureau is really asking questions. What can we do to help offset these costs? Can I generate my own energy? Um, what can I do to be more efficient and that kind of stuff? And that's really where I started getting my toe dipped into the Interesting. whole energy conversation. Yeah. And 
and we realized there were, you know, some regulatory barriers, some financial barriers, even some technology barriers. And what could we do to help push them forward, to help remove those? And as that conversation came on, I continued to evolve. I came across a group called the 25 by 25 Alliance. And they were really focused on helping ag and forestry be those providers of clean energy resources around the nation to help them create new revenue streams on the farm and to take a lot of these waste streams or liability um, you know, components, manure, um, forestry slash, ag residues, how do we turn those, those cost centers into revenue streams and new energy resources that help producers be more independent, more resilient, more sustainable? And got involved with them and joined them, been with them for three years, I mean, for, for 13 years, almost 14 years now. Mm -hmm. But we also begin, as we recognize a lot of those regulatory challenges, some of that was at the PSC. You know, what is allowed and what is not allowed? How can producers get interconnected? What are the challenges there? And we really jumped in and did a lot more work at the Public Service Commission is trying to represent those interests, uh, knock down those political barriers, those regulatory barriers, those financial barriers, those technology barriers, and just started spending a lot more time in, involved at the Public Service Commission and, and saw an opportunity there to really bring the voice of the ratepayer, the consumer, um, to the table. Two-part question here, yeah. then. Are, do you consider yourself, or would you consider yourself, if, if and when you win, as more of a spokesperson or an advocate for the consumer Absolutely. or for the companies? No, and, sir, for the right. consumer. All right, well, let's, before we go into how you would do that, let's go to the companies. Yeah. Is, is the, being public service commissioner, is that an adversarial relationship with energy, with Atmos? Uh, you, you certainly hope it is not that way. But it I can have be. No, I have no intention for it to be that way. Um, these guys are, are for-profit yeah. corporations. They're there to represent their shareholders and provide them the, the dividends that they, you know, expect as they invest in that company. And they're also responsible to their employees. But first and foremost, they must provide the most reliable, safest, affordable services that they can. And the PSC is there to ensure that happens. All right. If I ask you a question you don't want to answer, just tell me. But but usually with me, it's kind of a free for all. But in the past, have you seen any instances where a public utility did something that, while not illegal, may have been overstepping their boundaries? And had you been commissioner at the time, you might have checked it. Or yeah, you know, the, I think probably the easiest one to, to refer back to is, and, and I know these guys hate to hear that. In Utah, that rate hike is the Kemper project. Well, Kemper, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. You know what went on over there in Kemper County? What a boondoggle! Um, you know, a seven and a half billion dollar investment that uh, six and a half million was eaten by the shareholders of Mississippi Power. Still, a little over a billion dollars was put on the put on the backs of consumers. And you have this huge investment sitting in the middle of Kemper County now that is virtually unusable. Was that all bad um, politics? I mean, what could you have done It was differently? a very politically driven project from the get-go. Um, we didn't have in place, and still don't at this time, a very transparent uh, process for evaluating these first-kind technologies. What is the ultimate impact of that? What is the cost going to be? How do consumers benefit? And what is going to be you know, the, 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 the cost structure right? and, and being that first type technology, you know, do you, should Mississippi be that place for it? Should the smallest utility of Southern company, you know, 180,000 
customers in South and Southeast Mississippi be that test site and bear um, the brunt of that. Yeah, you, you know, yeah. and and the answer ultimately became no. But I, when I first heard about the project in 2009, really sort of spent a lot of time digging into it, and I and I wrote a letter to the three sitting commissioners back in early 2010, and told them, man, I have. I, grave concerns about the viability of this technology, about the applicability, about the cost impacts that will be there, uh, and many different questions. And, you know, I pretty much said, if I was y'all, hey, I wouldn't approve the certificate to to move forward with construction, yet it's what happened. Um, And we're still paying for it. And we're still paying for it. It was like the beef plant, you know. That was another political boondoggle. We've had quite a few over the past decade. It was, again, so just like this, you know, it was – you know, it was very politically driven. It was an economic development project in many ways, and and um, that that's good and all for for rural counties. Sounds good. Poor, poor counties, <laughs> but when you're not vetting the technology and you're not having transparency in the process, and and you're not asking those hard questions that need to come out, it tends to lead to you know unfavorable situations down the road. What does the Public Service Commission or, or Commissioner, what is your relationship with the state, uh, the House representatives and the senators? Do you work with them at all? Uh, and, certainly will because you depend on year-to-year appropriations money. to fund the agency. I mean, it's that's how things happen. Um, so as we've seen, you know, the, uh, just this past legislative session, the broadband expansion right. bill that went through that gave the rural electric cooperatives uh, the permission to expand their services beyond just the distribution and sale of electricity. Now they can offer, potentially offer rural broadband, rural internet services. You know, that bill did not have a mandate for spending. It did not have a mandate for services. It simply allowed them the opportunity to to do feasibility studies and see if that's something that their consumer base wants, willing to pay for, and what are those price points, and will it be um, beneficial to them and uh, not put adverse impacts on their core business, providing electricity. So that's now occurring. We've heard that there's four rural cooperatives that are moving forward, are going to provide those services, are going to invest in that, and the others continue to evaluate that. So that would not have happened if the PSC wasn't out there leading the charge um, and getting uh, educating legislators on what the, what the pros and cons are. And that, that's one example. But, of course, you do go back every year for the appropriation side right. of things. So right. you got to fund the agency. you got to make sure, um, you know, consumers are being represented, their voices being heard, uh, because that's what PSC is there for, certainly to uh, regulate and oversee and make sure the utilities providing good affordable, affordable service. But at the same time, if consumers are having issues and not being able to adequately resolve it themselves with their utility, uh, then that's what the PSC is there for, to kind of help them step through the process and make sure their interests are being adequately represented and any challenges are being resolved appropriately. Jack Chris here, the Now See Here podcast, and we're also filming on YouTube. Mr. Roddy Merritt of Merritt Media, our tech man behind the boards today. How do you then reach out to the consumers or how do they reach out to you? Will you have an open door policy? Can they call, email, and, or sit down with you and say, I, Brent, I, I got to talk to you about something? Bring it on. Yeah. So all my materials, I've had the same sale number for probably 20 something years <laughs> now. Um, all my websites and Facebook and everything has that number on it. Don't plan for it to go away. 
but I'm certainly that's the platform I'm running on. I want to be accessible. I want to be easy to speak with. Mm-hmm. I want to be there to represent you, the consumer. I want to help you get through any challenges you may have. Um, whether we want to do something different, introduce new technologies, want to vet those appropriately, and projects that are being proposed by the utilities want to make sure that they're going to be viable, cost-effective projects going forward as well. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm certainly be as open as we can. And, you know, the PSC has that consumer advocacy or consumer uh, contact specialist on staff as well to help bring those those calls in. and Kind and, of a liaison for yeah, you. or yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, let me go back to your decision to run, because mm-hmm. I've, I've interviewed a lot of candidates over the years, and, and many of them tell me, and I, I would imagine this is really true today, as, as bad as the political world has gotten. It's gotten nasty. It's gotten brutal. It's anything in your past that can be dug up that you did 40 years ago in college, they're going to bring it up. But did you talk to your family? Did you pray about it? Did you soul search? How long did it take you to decide to run? Well, well if, if you're not, you may not know, I actually ran for this four years ago. Um, so I remember that now. Yeah, yeah so, so you've, you've been through right. that. So, so been to the grinder one yeah. time. We really knew what to expect this round. Yes, four years ago was certainly an eye-opening experience. Uh, four years ago when I decided to run through this, yeah, a lot of soul searching, a lot of thinking about, you know, what could come up and, and how would it impact the family. Uh, and we decided let's go forward. We just really felt like we could help make, introduce change, I guess you say, and bring bring that fresh voice to the commission. We won our primary four years ago. Right. Uh, convincingly as well. Right. Got to the general election. A very well-known candidate was, was there as well who had a long, long history in state government very popular in the central district and we lost by just a few percentage points as a first time candidate against a very entrenched long time well funded um uh, gentleman who is currently at the commission now but retiring i bet you learned a lot though uh, going we did learn that. a lot and you know had some barbs thrown at us and uh, that's politics you know it, it's just part of it uh this time around we were much more prepared um eyes wide open as they could say and we knew what to expect and and kind of knew where the landmines were and we have done a i think our campaign and our grassroots network that has been so strong and so effective has really helped prevent a lot of the the you know the the just getting off in the quicksand on issues and stuff and and allowed us to really focus on the issues that are so important to consumers and ratepayers and avoid all the all the the yakking that goes yeah, on the side, the side you know, stuff that makes us, no that's, sense, and that's it, right. So I think we we're, we're better prepared in a much more efficient campaign this round. Well, and you've got the name recognition too. Well, that doesn't that hurt. helps. That, that doesn't hurt. Right. We've got about five minutes for this first part. We're going to break okay. this into two uh, segments, uh, Brent, because we barely uh, touched yeah, the surface here. You know, uh, but. Uh, is it all about money these days in politics? Is is it all about who's got the biggest? Not in, the, not in the Public Cash. Service Commission. It is probably the most difficult office to raise money for. Number one, because of the awareness factor. A lot of people just don't know about it or what it entails. And number two... They're the, funding the governor's race. Well, right. that's a lot of it. And the legal yeah. statutory boundaries is built around the commission based off the, the challenges we had in the late 80s with Grand Gulf and a couple of commissioners wind up going to the federal pen for a, yeah. for a while. So, you know, the ones who are really the most interested in the PSC are not allowed to get involved in it, can't contribute, can't endorse, you know, whether it's utilities, utility subcontractors, those represent the utilities. So it's not like other positions where 
um, those that you regulate or represent can get involved and, and donate, contribute. It doesn't work that way in the PSC. So you're very reliant on friends, family, small business, and others that are that are you know very concerned about these type of issues. So it's a challenge in that regard. And what is the biggest challenge for the smaller communities you represent? I imagine the the bigger like Jackson, Ridgeland, whatever they they can kind of take care of things or. or get into your door ease more easily i'm not saying that, that you know it's size matters when yeah. it comes to you, Coach, know. Could you think about these bigger communities they have infrastructure they challenges resources. like anybody else they do but i mean the smaller folks in these smaller communities who feel like well you know what what are they facing is is the challenge different from what say a jackson or ridgeland or madison is facing or are they Every, the same i think it's the same it's just at scale just yeah. different scales different amounts of monies uh what you're eligible for as far as grants and loans and what you're not uh, those venues, because everybody's going to have to deal with aging infrastructure, whether it's water and sewer, aging infrastructure, whether it's uh, electric and transmission or underground natural gas lines. Um, it's just being proactive and aware, understanding that, you know, to maintain these services and keep them reliable, they're going to take some investment. Nobody likes to spend money, but we want to understand that, you know, when systems are down, that's costing you money right there. Is the money that's being spent transparent in in your office or, or if you get elected? Oh, I certainly think so. I mean, they don't spend money on infrastructure. They ensure that the money that is being spent is done correctly. But but that is transparent. I oh, mean, absolutely. Every, everything you do becomes public record. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Because as we know, you, I, I, maybe talking I, about I, Kemper, some of this stuff goes kind of under the radar and the citizens find out about it after the fact. Right. Now, I want to make transparency a keystone, cornerstone, platform, found, whatever you want to call it of what we want to do. I want to be as open as absolutely possible. Understanding, you know, there's certain confidentiality and trade secrets well, and yeah, business things that, that utilities um, have the right to protect their interests. But um, no, I want to be as open and as honest as possible and let folks know what's going on at the PSC. It's Mr. Brent Bailey. He is running for public service commissioner. I'm Jack Chris with the Now See Here podcast. We record at CC's Coffee House every Wednesday, the professional recordings that we do. Roddy, let's go ahead and end out segment one, and we'll come back with segment two here shortly. Brent, you'll stay with us? Sure. Folks, thanks for listening. We'll be back. Hey, everybody. Jack Chris, host of the Now See Here podcast. I want to take a moment to ask for your help in sponsorship and donations to the show. No, I'm not begging. I'm asking for your help. We depend on money from sponsors, advertisers, people who want to get their businesses in front of a new and different audience through a third party, which is our podcast, and also by utilizing all of the top social media operations and methods out there. We're talking about YouTube. We're talking about podcasts, of course. We're also talking about videos that Roddy Merritt and I can produce for your company. We can write for you. I'm a professional writer by trade. Now I'm doing my podcast thing again. We can do all this for you at Now See Here when you come aboard as a sponsor. Even if you're not a sponsor, we'd be happy to talk to you about what we can do for your business through Bam South, my other company, and Roddy Merritt's Merritt Media. We appreciate your support at Now See Here, the podcast, and we ask you to take a moment, go to anchor.fm slash now see here. If you want to contribute, we would appreciate any contribution you can make on any level that you can afford. We also appreciate your leads, and if you are a business person, and if you want to sponsor the show, we'll take care of you, trust me. And I've got some people who will be glad to tell you how we can help you.
because we've helped them. I'm Jack. This is Now See Here. I appreciate your support. We're going to keep it rolling. Thanks for listening.